1: Welcome to Argyle Chat, the Plymouth Argyle podcast brought to you by the Herald Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Argyle Chat. It's just me, Jack Ball and Chris Errington on the podcast. today, light on numbers yet again a bit like the Argyle squad, Chris? <laughs>
0: yes, there's parallels between the uh, the Herald Sports Desk and the Argyle squad unfortunately at the moment but uh, we were both at the game at Sixfield Stadium on uh, Saturday so we've got plenty to talk about that. I think one thing I should just say though Jack before we get going is that um, I made a a bit of a bold prediction didn't I in the last podcast predicting that Argo will play Portsmouth in the playoffs
1: it's not looking so good now is it and this is why you don't make predictions this is exactly (laughs) why I don't make
0: predictions so um, yeah both of the teams uh, that I was tipping to get into the playoffs
1: have uh, struggled since I did that so Please don't ask me for any more predictions. We'll we'll see at the end of the podcast, whether I do or not. (laughs) Um, So before we get on to the many questions sent in to the the people that listen to this, so thank you for sending questions in. Um, A 2-0 defeat for Argyle against Northampton on Saturday. And overall, it was quite an underwhelming performance, wasn't it? It was, yeah.
0: Really, from start to finish. Um, It was a little bit like the Charlton Athletic away game uh, um, a little while earlier than that, where Argyle went to Charlton, conceded an early goal never really got in the game. At Northampton they didn't concede the first goal until just before half-time. It was a deserved goal for Northampton. Mm -hmm. They were the better team. Um, Even at that stage Remy Matthews had made a couple of uh, really good saves to keep them out. Uh, They got the lead and you know 1-0 early in the second half you know our goal flickered into life maybe for five minutes. Uh, Lamirez you know looked a little bit sharper up front. But once the second goal went in, the young goal from Sonny Bradley in the 62nd minute, they didn't look away back. It was just a, a poor performance. The team didn't turn up. Remy Matthews out was outstanding, um, particularly in the one-on-one saves. Yes, um, that he had, and there was numerous uh, practice he had for those. Um, the rest of the team just just didn't perform. Uh, it was interesting, you know, that uh, we saw Remy Matthews afterwards. He said they'd had a good talk after the game in the dressing room. Uh, there wasn't the usual amount of uh, player tweets after the game. You, you would suspect that you know I don't know if home truce is quite the right phrase, but I think you know, they might have had a good chat and said, "Look, we've come this far. Let's not throw it all away with you know too many more performances like that." So we'll we'll see how they. Uh perform at Rochdale on Tuesday,
1: and was Derek Adams part of that? Because he took a little while to come out and speak to you, didn't he? After the game, do you think was he? Do you know he was part of that discussion? Was um, it between players?
0: Part of yes. Um, although we saw Remy Matthews first mm. before before Derek Adams, so um, you know sometimes uh, the manager comes out after the player that we see. Um, so and Remy Matthews was, was was a good chat. You know he, you know he admitted, you know on behalf of the team, although it wasn't his fault the the result that they weren't good enough, and um, you know they're going to need to do a lot better. Uh, you know, it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? It was a really poor performance. There's no getting away from it. I thought Northampton were excellent and one of the one of the best teams I've seen Argala play away for this season, which is which is ironic because I thought Northampton at home park were the worst team yeah. I've seen at home park yes. this season. So we've seen two very different sides of them, and um, and fair play to them, they played really well. I thought Sean McWilliams in midfield, who I didn't know much about before the game, was absolutely outstanding. I mean, he he ran the midfield, nineteen yes. year old, he was brilliant. Um, so, all credit to Northampton. You, 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 I, I think it would be harsh to be too critical of Argyle. They did play badly, but it was only their third league defeat since November the 25th. I mean, <laughs> you know, um, they had a bad day. The key now is they have to bounce back against Rochdale, you know, and uh, that won't be easy because, as we saw on Saturday, a team fighting for
1: their lives at the bottom of League One. He's a very dangerous uh, opponent. But you touched on it there. It's a bit like Charlton in the fact that sometimes you just have to give the opposition credit, don't you? Sometimes Argyle are going to be the second best team because no football team is the better team in every game. And like you said, they they obviously wanted it quite a lot. I think Derek Adams said after the game that Mm. Northampton wanted to get out of the relegation places Mm. more than Argyle wanted to get into the playoffs. And sometimes you just have to give credit to the opposition, don't you? I thought that was a good way of
0: putting it, really. I mean, some people were sort of saying, well, why didn't they try? Why didn't they, you know, this, that and the other? I don't think it was not trying. Mm. I just think they came up against a team that wanted it more, and um, and often in in sport, you know, it, you know, ability is important, isn't it? You know, individual ability, the ability to play as a team, um, but sometimes it's just who's got that bit more fire in their fire in their bellies. You know, if our goal had got the first goal, um, you know, would it have been a different story. Of course, I mean, you, you were sat alongside me, Jack, and I mean you know the, the Northampton crowd were vocal weren't they they really got behind their team when they saw
1: their team fighting they, they, I mean it was quite a noisy partisan atmosphere wasn't it it was a much better atmosphere than I was expecting I've got to be mm. honest especially when the stand that we were opposite to was only half complete wasn't it so you, <laughs> and and it's such an open ground I expected the noise mm. to sort of escape almost but it, it wasn't it was quite a good atmosphere and I can imagine it was quite intimidating mm. for the other players to play in front of and and you know, they obviously really wanted it and their, man, their manager, Dean Austin afterwards, was mm. said it was one of the best performances I think that he'll ever see Northampton <coughs> play for however long he's in charge because they were dominant throughout large portions. Well, I had... And, yeah. so, so say, yeah, sorry, journalists, mm. fans all around mm. us, they were all saying it's the best Northampton I've played all season and yeah. we, I think we both agreed that if... If Hampton played like that all season, they certainly wouldn't be near the bottom of the table.
0: Well, they looked like a playoff team on Saturday, didn't they? Yeah, By the way they played, Hoskins up front, you know, the the, the trio of, of midfield players behind them, but you know, O'Toole, Crooks are proven, you know, good players. Mac Grimes, they've got lots of ability in that team. Quite why they're twenty second in the table, I didn't understand it before Saturday, and having seen them play as well as they did on Saturday, I I, I don't understand it even more. They 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 were too good for goal, plain and simple. And you could go through the team and you could say well they goal could have done this, they should have done that, this, that and the other. They were beaten by a much better team
1: on the day. And if it hadn't been for Remy Matthews, it'd have probably been it could have been easily be three or four 0 couldn't it? So we'll touch on a few of the questions mm-hmm. from in now. Dave Sowell, thank you, Dave, you often send questions in. He said if Ryan Taylor isn't fit for Tuesday, then should Adams try a 4-4-2? It's obvious to all that Grant can't do the lone front role. The experiment should end now. We were discussing this on the way back, weren't we? Yeah. And I think the answer to that is we just don't know what we'd do with we Derek Adams. It's a tough one. It's a difficult one.
0: I, I think playing 4-3-3 with, with Joel Grant as a central striker doesn't seem to me a very sensible idea for the right game against Rochdale. We've seen it in the last two games. No goals. It, it doesn't get the best out of Joel Grant. I don't think he is suited to that role. Mm-hmm. Um... So I'm not sure I'd play 4-3-3 with Joel Grant up front. Is there anyone else in the squad that's fit and available at the moment that could play that position? No, not really. You know, um Simon Church is out, injured, not gonna play again. Alex Fletcher, 19 is a is a off the shoulder sort of striker to play alongside somebody. You know, so who are you gonna who are you gonna play there? Um, yeah. Could could you play Ga- Graham Carey as like a false nine, you know, and uh, and maybe just play him off with you know Lemire's on one side and say Grant on the other, play them in the wider positions and have Carey floating around. Um, Dave suggests four four two. Um, you could do that. Um, I just think then you're you running the risk of really um, lessening the impact that Carey and Lemire's can make. That's a very convenient time for that lorry outside the <laughs> office to, to be reversing. <laughs> it gets to the end, where it needs to be um, So a little bit of a distraction in the background there. Um, Dave raises a very good point. How are Argyle going to cope mm. without Ryan Taylor against Rochdale, assuming he's not fit now? Derek Adams uh, said after the game that Ryan Taylor hadn't trained last week. So if he hasn't trained at all, I can't see him playing against Rochdale. Um... So I suppose that's a very long way of saying I'm not really sure how you go about playing it. I don't think Joel Grant up front in a three is the way to go against Rochdale. It's how creative can Derek Adams be with the limited resources he's got. Um, a few people did, did have asked, have questioned question about Nathan Blissett. who's yeah, obviously yeah. been on loan at, at Macclesfield Town. Um, his loan doesn't have a recall. So he went to Macclesfield in January with a view to a permanent move in the summer. Congratulations to Nathan and to Macclesfield Town on being promoted back to the Football League as National League champions. They won 2-0 at Eastleigh, I think it was, at the weekends. So they will be coming back into the FL. But Argyle can't recall Nathan Blissett. So, you know, you are really looking at Joel Grant, Alex Fletcher... And we were going after that. Or someone else. Or someone else. Or maybe a carry and a false nine or something
1: like that. Well, I mean, or, we saw, we've seen a fair bit of Alex Fletcher through some of the Central mm-hmm. League games we've covered. And he's not always suited that role, even in the Central League games. Nah. It, it, should he be given a try over Grant? If, if he sticks with the same formation, if he should, the same. should they stick with Grant? Or well, should they give Alex Fetcher a... What, 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 what's worse than what's yeah, been the last two no, games? No, that's, that, And that's, that's a good, a good
0: case, yeah. isn't it? You say that it's not worth Joel Grant. Obviously Alex Fletcher is not going to be able to hold the ball up like a Ryan Taylor would do, but you try and um you know get those balls in the channel, get the ball to his feet. Still not sure it's his i, th- I think he's he's better off another striker. Yeah. Um, and so then could you play Grant and Fletcher, yes, and maybe what Kerry and out, out wide. Um, it'd certainly have the element of surprise to Rochdale because you know they they like the rest of the teams in League One. have seen Argyle oh, play this four three three very well. Um, it, it's it's going to be fascinating to see how they line up on Saturday because there isn't really too many options. But clearly, you know what's been tried in the last two games hasn't worked. Now, Derek Adams doesn't switch formations very easily. You know, he, he stuck with the four two three one earlier in the season yeah. for a lot longer than a lot of managers did. So he he might stick with four three three, but he might you know shuffle the pack around a little bit. You know. You know Carey's not a striker, clearly, but you know if he gets the ball in a central position anywhere you know twenty twenty five yards out he 's never going to be afraid to to shoot, try and get on the ball. you know maybe encourage him just to float around a bit again and and almost leave the center backs without a striker to mark yeah and and cause him a problem that way but i'd I'd, I'd agree with Dave you know it, it, Grant can't do the lone front row, uh, front.
1: And, and thanks to John Merrick as well we, I think we've answered your question that he asked why don't Adams give Fletcher a chance to start up front and said Grant that, that might well happen we'll have to wait and see uh, we well, might
0: see I mean like I say John thank you for the question all I would say is I don't think Alex Fletcher is a, is a central striker in a three um, and we saw him do that didn't we Jack we went up to see the, the central league game against Bristol Rovers yeah we did and he played as the central striker in a three with uh, Ainsworth on the right and Battle and Battle on the left yeah and it, it just doesn't suit Alex Fletcher at all. He, you know, he's 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 got strengths as a striker, but being that central striker isn't one. So, you
1: know, we'll I, I think I'd definitely be talking, if, if it was same formation. I yeah. think. Fletcher, I would give Fletcher a go, I think. Mm-hmm. Grant has impressed me the last few games he's come on as an, an yes. impact sub, so yeah. who knows? We'll have to wait yeah. and see. It's going to be interesting. It's, yeah. not, an e- it's not an easy decision no, for him to make. Definitely not. Definitely the not. problem for managers, I think, is whatever he does, if he changes to a 4-4-2 four, mm. four, four, and they lose quite heavily, just say 2-0, 3-0, mm. people say, well, why did you change the formation? No. So it's, it's, it's tough. That's it? why I always say
0: managers should always stick to their beliefs and principles as as much as they can Mm. you know if you try to be a manager on what other people want you to do you are doomed to failure and we saw that earlier in the season there was lots of people saying that their adams was too negative his tactics were this his tactics were that and he had to tweak his tactics yes definitely but he's basically stuck to his
1: fundamentals central striker target man and it's proved to work do you think he'll, he'll rue January? I think he didn't get a few of the targets he wanted. Did he, do you think he'll be looking back at that? Or well, January
0: was an important period because they would have liked to have got in some players that would have made more contributions. I mean, he brought in Remy Matthews and Zach Viner. Yeah, so were vital, two, they were So they were two good signings. Moses McCarthy came in and did a job when Southwick was injured. So you could certainly say that McHazy was a decent signing. It's unfortunate that his long spell was injured because he's another injured player. Simon Church is obviously the one that hasn't worked. Yeah. It, was, it was going to be a gamble. It hasn't
1: worked out. Um, Shows how hard it is to find a striker in January, find isn't Finding strikers in January is not is not an easy task. But when we move on to the next question, Gary Palmer says, with the ongoing injury problems, I think Argyle have gone as far as they can this season. But what a journey we have been on. I personally don't think the club is ready for the championship yet and won't be until the grandstand is completed. Imagine being in the higher league with just three sides of the ground in operation. It wouldn't work out. But I have really enjoyed the season anyway. I think that last point you he's really enjoyed the season anyway I think that's a good point to, to, to raise really I mean if you're looking across the whole season whatever happens now it's been more than what a lot of people have expe- expected when we were going through the bad run when we first got promoted it's very easy to look at the, that Northampton game in, in, on its own isn't it but across the whole season I mean what a season it's been it, it, it was really poor on Saturday
0: there's no two ways about it but you know for our goal to be 7th in League one having been promoted last season 7th four games to go three points off the playoffs with game in hand you know you, you've got to look at, at the bigger picture you can't just get wrapped up on the the, the lows and the highs in, in in isolation so um i would i would agree with gary i've, I've enjoyed the season you know and i look back on covering Argyle, this is going to be one of the best seasons to, to, to do what they, you know, to overcome all the adversity they've had, the injuries, the red cards, you know, they've lost one of their, their, their key players to a horrible illness, a disease, and he's yeah. managed to come back from that, you know, even at this stage of the season, you know, when you thought things were, were going well, Ryan Taylor's picked up an injury, then Moses McCarthy picked up an injury, then Paul Payton in, in his first start picked up an injury. It's just been one thing after another. And for that group of players to still be in with a shot with the playoffs, with less than two weeks of the season to go, they deserve a lot of credit for that. And I think people should just, you know, try and remember that. It's been a great journey. It's,
1: like, it's been season-on-season been season progress, hasn't there? That's mm. the thing to remember as well. You know, yeah. Not many people would expect that to have been challenging for the playoffs this season. No, I think and,
0: that, you, know, you, you, you can't really complain. And, you know, Gary's point about, you know, not ready for the championship yet that's that's true, I don't think the club is ready for the championship, yeah, I'm not sure you can ever really be ready for the step up to the championship bit in league one, you know it's it's gonna you know if and when Argyle go up to the championship again, it's gonna be a massive step. Not just a you know a, 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 a tiny one, small one, medium sized one. It's gonna be huge. You know,
1: the money that swirls around in that well, division is mean, I mean sh- huge. I the mean Wolverhampton spent fourteen million pounds on a midfielder. Can you imagine yeah. Argol I mean yeah. how many years do you have to go back for Argyle to spend forty million in total? Yeah. But you know, it's, it's the difference it, is so vast, isn't it? 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 Huge. So uh, I don't think you'll ever be ready for
0: the championship. Um, you know, And Gary says about, imagine being in the high league with three sides, yeah, that wouldn't be ideal. I'd never, ever say no to promotion. <laughs> you know, If you can get a promotion, if Argo can go on and win the player final this season, would the timing be absolutely perfect? Probably not, because you won't have a full ground to benefit mm-hmm. from being in the championship next season, but never turn
1: down a promotion if, if you can get if it if you finish bottom of the championship it's £5 million more <laughs> than what it is to finish absolutely. top of League 1 so absolutely. even if you went back up went mm. back down consolidated and mm. build a stronger team it mm. would be beneficial and mm. I've seen a few championship grounds with three sides like Preston mm. more recently so mm. teams have done it but mm. thank you for the question Gary mm. Lewis back to the Northampton well. game said the performance was worse than all of those performances earlier in the season absolutely diabolical that's just a comment so thanks for that Lewis it wasn't
0: very good Lewis I, I, I can't disagree with you but, um, absolutely diabolical yeah, I mean it wasn't good. I, I perhaps wouldn't quite go as far as that, but I, I understand
1: where you're coming from. It's, it's again, it's that expectation, you know. People, I'm sure there were many yeah. people that went there thinking it was a guaranteed three points for mm. our goal. You yeah. know, I do the Facebook live videos beforehand. There was not one person that even suggested that Northampton mm. women asked for their predictions. So. And, that, and that's where where
0: teams. Come unstuck, yeah. Remy Matthews, I'm just doing um a story with him and uh, writing it before we recorded the podcast, and and he said something very similar. He said, "I think we we went into that game expecting to win." Mm. Um, now, expecting to win is good in some ways, but if you think you've just got to turn up to win, then you come up against opposition like Northampton, and um, you you really come unstuck very uh,
1: very heavily. And you know what what I would say as well is. Yes, that, that game might not have been great and people might not have got their money's worth, but boy, haven't they got their money's worth on away way before trips under Derek Adams and, and the whole, you know, nobody, not one person could, with an argument with me to complain say that they've not had their money's worth over the Derek uh, Adams' reign.
0: Yeah, you know, and particularly since, you know, the start of December, you know, what a ride they've been yeah. on, you know, like I, I go back to the, that's only their third defeat since November the 25th, I mean, that's a long period of time to have only three defeats, so,
1: you know, bigger picture. Matthew Pinney says, Remy Matthews was the Argyle man of the match yesterday, or Saturday, mm. for his amazing saves, despite conceding two goals, one an own goal by Sonny Bradley. What can the team learn from this defeat so they are better prepared for the Rochdale away game on Tuesday? And can the Greens really make the end of the season playoffs? If so, who would you like to see the Pilgrims play against? So we'll start with, what can Argyle learn from the game against Southampton for the game uh, against Rochdale?
0: Just exactly what Remy Matthews said, and I just mentioned that you cannot go to Rochdale... On Tuesday night, thinking they're in the bottom four, we're just going to turn up and win this game. They have got to go out um, from minute one, we're firing the bellies, determined to get the first goal in the game, determined to, to cope with whatever Watchdale will throw at them. Watchdale will have had a scout or a DVD of that game uh, from the Northampton game. They'll have seen how Northampton took the game to goal. They ran at them, they pressed them high up the pitch. That was Mm -hmm. one thing that Northampton did very well. They constantly pressed the Argyle defence whenever they were on the ball. Rochdale, I can't believe, will not do exactly the same sort of thing. So Argyle should know and expect what is coming. They should be resolved and determined that they don't want a repeat of what happened on Saturday. Because that wasn't nice for them. It wasn't nice for the fans. But trust me, that will not have sat nicely. That team bus home ride on Saturday night will not have been nice. They, they, yeah. they know they they didn't perform and were were beaten by a team that wanted it more. Well, that's so the thing.
1: People need to remember that the players want. I'm sure the players want to be in the playoffs in their career. That's mm. a big thing for their for their careers, isn't yeah. it? No one's going to want to have done all the the hard slog they've put in all season to turn the season around to be just on the edge and, and to suddenly put in a performance. like they that They don't
0: want it to peter out. So that I think is what they learned. That they have got to be absolutely on their game, 100 percent from the first whistle. They can't. You know, we saw it against Charlton. We saw it against Northampton. Those two games, they almost lost those two games in the first 10 10-15 minutes. Mm. So they might not have conceded in the first ten or fifteen minutes against Northampton, but Northampton just had that momentum from the start. They got the crowd into the game, and they kept kept Argyle going. It so, shows
1: how important those opening fifteen minutes are. I mean, look at mm. Southend, they almost won that game in the first fifteen, mm. didn't they? Yeah, it really. That fifteen minutes is vital at the very start of the game. Start the game
0: as well. And to be fair, Argyle have done that very well in general, and particularly at home park. But you know, they have started games really well. Um, can the Greens really make the end of season players you know, having seen the performance on Saturday you, you waver a little bit about that but you know, again if you look at the bigger picture, look at what the team have done over the last four months or so, there is no reason why even without Ryan Taylor, why they can't go and grind out a result or get a result against Rochdale, they're going to have to play an awful lot better than they did against Northampton if they can win that game against Northampton then things will look very different and Scunthorpe coming up a week on Tuesday, you know, they're the team immediately above Argyle in the table at the moment. Argyle have a game in hand on them. If they could get a good result at Banff Park, you know, they could be going to Gillingham in the last day of the season with a realistic shot at making the playoffs. So, you know, for,
1: for me, I think a defeat you can learn a lot from that I've got to bounce back from defeats mm. quite well in the last the last year that they have mm. had over the last 20 20 matches and maybe it will be a good thing you know mm. the, the fact they won't coast into these games now that has told mm. them they can't do that and they could definitely learn from that yeah but finally mm. who would you like to see the Pilgrims play against oh, if they do get playoffs, the playoffs I, don't, I don't mind take anyone
0: yeah and I'm not going to make a prediction I think it's for it's looking
1: guess. like Shrewsbury and I think Rotherham have confirmed their playoff place so yeah. it's just it's just two from the, the two from, chasing pack, two two from that
0: no, if if are in, the, are in the top six come the
1: final day of the season I really don't mind who they play and I think that will be the same for most people Paul Yu so I don't know what his last name is Paul Yu he says Adams seems reluctant to play any style other than plan A which obviously relies so heavily on a player like Ryan Taylor Taylor's record shows he can be injury prone so the likelihood of him being out at some point during the season was high for whatever reason we don't have a like for like replacement and instead have wasted 25% of our games playing square pegs in round holes barb it. Not adapting to suit the strengths of who's available in the squad, knowing there's no viable option other than Taylor, it's Adams open for criticism, in my opinion. What's your view? We sort of touched on that already, really.
0: Yeah, um, it's, it's a good it's, it's a good sort of comment, yeah. point, question from Paul. Thank you. Um, yeah, it, it, there is room for criticism of, of Derek Adams in the fact that there is only Ryan Taylor there. And even if Simon Church had been fully fit... Um, he's not a Ryan Taylor type player. Mm-hmm. So when he let Nathan Bissett go out on loan, that was your, your other real target man going, wasn't it? And now I, I strongly suspect that he tried to bring target men in in January, but I would go back to the point we mentioned earlier, Jack, that it's very difficult to get a half-decent striker to come in in January. You know, what, what club is going to let you have a good,
1: decent striker without you? paying a lot of money, which uh, I, I don't And have. also, let's bear in mind that mm. whoever came in would have been on the bench, Yeah, because Ryan Taylor was in such good form, they were trying to bring players mm-hmm. on loan that weren't going to be playing football. What club's going to let you do that, necessarily? Mm.
0: And what player is one of them, yeah. going to want to do that as well? What player is going to be thinking, well, hang on a minute, if I go to Plymouth Argyle, they've got Ryan Taylor now, from what I've seen and heard, he's, he's really popular and really key, and do I really want to go and be a second choice, you know, sat on the bench every week? You know, on the off chance that Ryan Taylor might get an injury at some point and then I might get a game. So um 'cause the likelihood is if this player had come in on loan, they wouldn't have played much up until now, would mm, they? Mm. But um you know, Paul starts with, you know, saying that Derek Adams seems reluctant to play any other style than plan A. Um, his plan A has worked very well in his managerial career at Ross County at Plymouth Argyle. I can understand why he sticks to plan A. As much as he possibly can, you know his track record, his win percent record at Ross County and at Plymouth Argyle is extremely high. So, um, I think one of the reasons why it is so high is because he has a plan A, he believes in it, it's his principles, and he gets his teams to 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 play that system very well. Obviously, you've got to have backup plans, you've got to be prepared mm-hmm. to be flexible. I mean, in the second half against Northampton, you know, they, he was moving players around. Grant went out to the left, Kerry and the were coming into the middle. Um, you know, they tweaked the midfield around when Sarsovic came in. You know, it was one of those days where, you know, I, I think, you know, I think you might have said it, Jack, or somebody said it, you know, they could have played for another 90 yes. minutes, 180 minutes, and they wouldn't have scored. It was just the, one of those days. So, I I, I, I can see why he, he sticks to his tactics as much as he can, Um but yeah, you know, when you've only got Ryan Taylor as your one target man, and then you're in a situation where you've got an injury-prone Simon Church, Alex Fletcher, it's not ideal. But you know, money budget, you know, you've only got a certain amount of players. There's all sorts of reasons. But, yeah, I, I can see where Paul, Paul's coming from with some of those points. Yeah. And
1: sometimes deals just can't be done. And in terms of Blissett, you know, he mm. might have wanted the chance to play first-team football. You know, he's, he's got to think about his career. His contract, if he's been told he's not going to get a new contract at the end mm. of the season, yeah. Mackle should have willing to offer him that. Yeah. He's not going to want to stay, is he? And,
0: and I thought Nathan Blissett worked, worked hard for Argyle, but I didn't see anything in his performances for Argyle in League 1 that made me think that he really is a... Would have been a long-term viable answer. I'm, I'm not sure he would have uh, would have aided the team massively. And he's gone and played for Macclesfield, and he's played regularly for them, scored a few goals in the National League, and won a league title. So it's actually worked out well for
1: yeah. worked out well for him, hasn't it? Neil McEwen has said, "I went to the game on Saturday and was left disappointed in the performance, but I did not boo the team at the end." What confused me was that with so much riding on the game for both teams, why don't the Argyle players seem to show the same amount of desire, passion and commitment to the cause as the Northampton players? Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I, I, I'm lucky I get to see the players on a, on a regular basis, talk to them, speak to them. Um, I've seen a lot of them obviously in, in, in recent weeks and months when they've been on this fantastic run. That they all know what a fantastic achievement, what a fantastic thing to put on their CV if Argyle were to get promoted this season or even get into the playoffs mm. having come from where they've come from it's a big deal for them you know. so I don't think any Argyle fan that particularly who was there on Saturday should look at that performance and think they don't care they're not trying to get promoted they didn't want to win I, I don't believe that for a single second they wanted to win that game now perhaps they didn't approach it with the right mental attitude but that doesn't mean to say they're not trying to win or wanting to win and all I can say to, to, to our listeners is that, you know, listening to the people at Northampton um, before the game, they were quite convinced their team were going to get relegated. Yeah, Fans, journalists, you know, they all were convinced. And then Argyle turned up and Northampton, this team that no one in the, at Sixfield Stadium has seen all season, turned up in their claret burgundy shirt and played like men possessed. Um, but they, they played extremely well and as As poor as Argyle were, I think you have to give credit to Northampton and you have to accept that sometimes a team is going to want it more than you. And I do genuinely Neil think that was the case but you know I, I can understand why you were di- disappointed in the
1: performance because I think we all were. That's the thing sometimes you just have off days don't you and yeah. perhaps it would be a good thing that a lot of players had an off day at once you know it was, it, was it, t- it wasn't I mean that's that's one thing it wasn't like there was
0: three or four players that were off it and and you know it, I mean apart from Remy Matthews everyone was below par it yeah. just seemed to spread through the team from the start and again I don't believe that all of those players went out there um, not trying to win
1: the they, they wanted to win the game and yeah. they were you know they were they were very very disappointed afterwards I'm sure um, and, what, and what do you make of the booing Chris I mean that was a big talking point I mean fans I'm guessing in that moment fans are only looking at that one game and that's just them showing their signs they pay their money I'm sure they're entitled but what, what do you make of it well one
0: as you well know Jack we're quite busy when the final whistle yeah. goes and you, you know writing intros for um, reports and doing this that and the other and and what have you so I I can't say I was really too aware of it I've I've heard bits and pieces about it um I I personally would never boo my team you know during the game or afterwards it's just not you know you're you you're a supporter you support did they play well of course they didn't um people are entitled to do react whatever they would like. but anyone that booed the the team, that plays at the end of the game, that was a team that had just lost their third game since November the 25th. Mm. Um, I mean, they played poorly. They played really poorly. But if you're going to boo after a run like they've been on, for me, that's not right. Mm. Uh, the players don't deserve that. They've put a lot of hard work in. They've had to come a lot of adversity. So... Um, I I don't get that at all. I really don't get that at all. I don't get the booing thing because is a player going to think oh I've been booed I better start playing harder. That's not how it works. You know there's only one outcome of booing players and it's not going to be a good one in my Mm -hmm. opinion.
1: So I think a lot of people that booze react in the moment, they don't really
0: necessarily think well, of the bigger picture. Yeah, you and know. That's, I suppose that's the social media world that we live in and everything. People yeah. reacting in the moment in an instant. And then they might turn around and 10 minutes, 15 minutes later say, well, I didn't really mean it. But, you know, if you're on the receiving end of, of, of some booze, when you think, hang on a minute, we've been working our socks off for the last four months and then we have one bad day um,
1: and then we're going to get criticism... It's a bit harsh, yeah. but you know they no, get it, away from it these so I mean, look—I think you know—even mm. play the teams like United and yeah. get, get booed. I mean, it's it's uh, part, part of the game. Uh, like college, I say, I me mean. personally, I, 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 booing doesn't serve any purpose
0: at all whatsoever. Uh, uh, if you're a fan and you've paid your money and you've travelled to Northampton um, and you paid your money to see the game and you've seen that performance, you'd be disappointed, of course you mm. would. But uh, I'm not sure how booing anyone is going to improve anything, improve the chances of getting in the playoffs. So. Um, but that's just that's just me. I mean, I, I know there'll be people
1: that will have different opinions yeah. on that. But we'll move on to the mm. next question. Malcolm mm. Jamieson said, "No matter what, lads, the Pompey Greens love the team and are proud of how far the team has come since December. We are proud of you, one hundred percent." I don't know who the Pompey Greens are. Is that? Is that...
0: Um, I, I've not come across Malcolm. I don't think. I apologise if I have Malcolm, but um, well, Argyle fans must be in, in Portsmouth. So, um, the that, chair. that must be uh, uh, always a, an interesting experience for you, Malcolm, if you are in uh, Portsmouth and with the rivalry between the two clubs. And um, but yeah, the team has come a long way since December. You know, I, I would agree with that. You know, and um, I think you know, no matter what, it'd be great
1: if they make the playoffs, but. No matter what, this has been a very good season. How many I've times have, have in discussions have you said, particularly that this has been so similar to the Paul Sturrock reign? Didn't they finish it, eighth it, when, after they came up? Yeah, you know the, the last
0: time Argyle came up from the fourth division, um, two thousand and two three, um, didn't quite pan out in the fact that you know they started bad, yeah, badly and came back. But Argyle finished eighth in that first season up. Um, it was a good um, opportunity for Paul Sturrock to see which players could make the step up. Which players might be capable of going going even further? Um, at the end of that O two O three season, a few players moved on. He brought a few new players in, and um and, and they evolved to win the title the following season. Now I'm certainly not going to sit here and say, "Oh, will are going to go and win the league title next, the league one title next season," but but they did finish eighth in their first season up, and and that was considered a success. Yeah. And I think
1: if I go finish eighth this season, that will be a success. And there's no denying, Declan has never managed Eagle league one before. He admitted, I think, mm. that he, it's taken him by a bit of a surprise how good this league's been this yes. season. And he'll go into next season with having learnt a lot more. You know, mm. nobody knows everything. Everyone's always learning mm. and I'm sure he'll put that to good use next season uh, no matter what situation he's in.
0: Uh, again, they haven't played like this very often this season Northampton. That's why they're 22nd in the table. But that three of um, Powell on the right, Old Tool and uh, Matt Crooks... Mm-hmm. That that's a very talented attacking three behind Sam Hoskins. It just show you if that's the 22nd place team in League One, it's it's a good standard of uh, a division. And if you're not on your game, as we saw on Saturday, you, you will struggle.
1: And um, we've got two questions from Rich. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if it's the same Rich or not, but we'll start with Rich number one. I'll rich one, you. yeah. Can you remember a season where we've had more injuries in this season? Now, Chris, <laughs> I've 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 been a fan for a very long time. I think mm-hmm. since I was about 12, so 16 years now. But my memory's not the best. You, mm-hmm. however, have quite a good memory. Mm-hmm. Many injuries like this? In I think they've had a season when they've had injuries. It just
0: seems to have been relentless. That's the, that's the thing. You know, Sometimes you get injuries in clusters and you feel like
1: you've had an injury crisis. Mm. But I'm not sure you can use the phrase injury crisis for a season, really, can you? How many times has Derek Adams played his full-strength team this season? That's, you know, he seems to have had somewhat, somewhat a key player out mm. really all season. I suppose when you look at that really good
0: spell where the season turned around after Ruben Lemirez came into the yeah. team against Oldham. And then that team played quite regularly for a while, didn't it? Yeah. Um, and then they lost Ryan Edwards, and they managed to overcome that with Zach Reiner coming in. And uh, they lost Anthony Sarsavic, and they broke Moses McCarthy in, and they managed to get through that. Um, I mean, you, you, I, I really struggle to remember a season quite like this. You know, 20 minutes into the first game of the season, Ryan Taylor suffers a broken left ankle. The second game of the season, Oscar Threlkeld comes on as a sub against Bristol yeah. City in the Carabao Cup, goes in for a tackle at 4-0 down, suffers a, a fractured f- uh, fibula. Um, and then it was on and on and on. And even all these months later, like we said earlier in the podcast, you know Ryan Taylor rolls an ankle in training before the Portsmouth game misses out. Then Moses McCarthy has to have a cartilage operation. Then Paul Payton, in his first start for Argyle gets injured in a, a tackle from Matt Grimes and he's got ankle ligament damage and he's going to miss the game against Rochdale on Tuesday. It's just from Constant. the first half of the first game of the season to the second half of the 42nd game of the season. Just non-stop injury. So I wonder if really, the uh, Argon physio gets paid
1: overtime. <laughs> <laughs> so in answer to your question Rich, probably not. And, up that. and you've not even mentioned the goalkeeper situation this season. No. I mean <laughs> Incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and th- th- that's, that's what we mean when we say look at the bigger picture, isn't it? Because they've gone through all that. I mean, mm. Ryan had was cancer diagnosis. Mm. You know, Sonny Bradley mm. ended up yeah, kidney, spell in hospital. Kidney or, came back was in I hospital. Mean, some of these injuries are not mm. typical training ground nah. or game injuries, nah. but they've overcome all of that and they're still within a chance of mm. getting, making the playoffs. It's quite an incredible story, mm. isn't Which it? Which
0: is why I think the players deserve all our congratulations and encouragement mm. for the final few games because they've, they've done fantastic. There's so much adversity that, that squad of players has overcome that um, yes they had that performance against Northampton but you can't hold that against them they've, they've had, done really well this season
1: another question from Rich so of mm-hmm. we'll course Rich at number two mm-hmm. off topic slightly but do you think Jake Jervis is regretting his move to Luton and does that move help Derek Adams in convincing others to stay at Argyle for next season so I've had a look at Jake Jervis mm-hmm. record Yeah, he's made 10 appearances since moving Okay, only two of which are starts mm-hmm. but he wasn't getting much of a look in Argyle at that time was he no. no
0: so it's not like he's gone from playing regular first team football at one club to to go into another one and and, uh, and and being on the bench all the time. Um it's obviously not worked out as well as Jake would have hoped. Um Luton got promoted on Saturday didn't they? You know, mm-hmm. congratulations to them. Argyle are still in League One. We'll be uh, um, battling with them again next season. And that post that's in the way of that press area, in the way of the box, yeah, <laughs> that, that stops you from seeing the goal to the right. Not that important. Um, <laughs> does it? Does it help Derrick Adams in convincing others to stay at Argyle for next season? I mean, Derrick Adams, I suspect, has in the past and and will continue to sort of point out to people that the grass isn't always greener on the other side of the fence. Um, you might be able to leave Argyle and get some more money at other clubs, um, but. Do you want to take the risk of going somewhere else and it not being so good? I mean, Argyle's gates—they're averaging ten thousand this season. Yep. which is a good, good crowd. Um, it's going to be a bit strange next season with the grandstand being out of operation and having a three-sided ground. So that, but you know, you, you you know, once the sort of the new sort of shape of the uh, the renovated grandstand starts to take shape and things look smarter, it w- it should look a very nice ground, you can use that, you can look at the, the fan support, you look and look at the, the stature of the, the club. The manager's had a, a has got a very good track record. I mean he, he, he can use himself as a as a as a, a way of persuading people to stay or to, to re-sign or to, to come to the club in the first place. I was so. gonna say there's
1: there's so many players that didn't necessarily settle mm. prior to coming here. You look at Jake Jervis, mm. I know he's moved on to losing now, but mm. he'd never had a spell like he had at Arbo no. before before no. coming here. Mm. Graham Carey, who had mm. ever heard of him, really, before no. he came here. No. You know, there's so many players, and you we, we look back at the ones that Derek Adams released at the end of last season, not many of them have gone on to prove him wrong, have mm. they? Mm. So he certainly seems to be a good judge of character.
0: Yeah, I don't think he'll say to people, look, look, what's happened to Jake Jervis? He's gone to Luton, he hasn't played very much, you should stay for us. Yeah. But what I think he would say is that we're, we've made um, progress every season, whatever happens from here on in. This season has been another good season for all of us. Yeah. Three good, strong seasons under Derek Adams he's got a track record of getting uh, improving players I think you know one thing I think everyone could agree on that Derek Adams has done a very good job of improving his players and you know Kerry being an obvious example but I think players that he come in he signs generally speaking are better players after working with him than before they did Um, the club's got a good crowd got a good fan base you know so um, Home and away it should be said Home and away exactly the away sport fantastic so you know there's lots of reasons why a player would want to play for plymouth argyle the money you know might not be as attractive as it is at other places and it is a career for players and some players will will um you know think that the money is is worth going to a, to another particular club and, You know, Jake Jervis got a big pay rise by going to Luton, you know, and you can't blame a professional footballer in a short career for going
1: somewhere for money. Players like Jake Jervis probably have belief in their talent. They'll believe Mm -hmm. they'll go there and be able to make starting appearances and be interested to see what happens to Jake Jervis and the likes um, in the summer. I think
0: Derek Adams has got lots of of ways of trying to persuade people to stay, whether he's successful or not in that, who knows. But, um, you know, you'd like to think that, you know, the squad that's come this far this season... We all know which players you'd like to keep mm. um which would be the the backbone, which is not to be far you know, to be fair, not far removed from the sort of the starting eleven for the past few months. If you could if you could keep that squad of, you know, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen players, but then add a bit more strength and depth and quality in the summer then, you know, um they'd be uh, going into next season you know, with with even greater confidence than they've shown
1: over the last few weeks and months. So just very briefly, mm. um, so we've been good on for a little while now. Yes. <laughs> so there's two games before our next podcast. We yes. talked about Rochdale quite a bit, so we'll leave mm-hmm. that there. Mm-hmm. It's a game in hand though, so it's yeah. a, it's a big, big game with them now being three points away from Scunthorpe. Mm. Then there's Rotherham at home. Yep. Should be another good crowd. Mm-hmm. A good team. Yep. What are we get? What are we making of that game?
0: Um. Well. A lot is going to depend on the, the outcome against Rochdale, isn't it? You know, but you know, a win against Rochdale and Argyle are right in the thick of things A defeat and you know, then things are beginning to look difficult. So, whatever happens against Rochdale is going to dictate the Rotherham game. Rotherham have uh, looked as though they were having a bit of a wobble, but they seem to have steadied the ship. They've picked up some good results. Nice to hear that Ben Barrington has been part of their uh, yeah. their recent results and has, has been doing well. So, I suspect we will see the former Argyle left back lining up against the. Uh, the pilgrims and home parkers. The last home game of the season, uh, the last game, you know, with the grandstand as is, you know. So that's going to be a, a bit of an end of an era. We're going to have the, um, um, you know, a, a real good occasion. I think. Uh, you know, hopefully, if Argyle can get a good result against Rochdale, they'll have another big crowd. The playoff place uh, chase is still on. And they can go at it all guns blazing and um and show the fans that they they really are keen to try and get in this top six finish. So uh, looking forward to it. But Rotherham have uh, have had an excellent season, you know. They again because Wigan and Blackburn have been so dominant that they've run away with it, haven't it? But it doesn't mean that teams like Shrewsbury and Rotherham aren't very good sides with yes. good players. And um, you know we, we've seen Peterborough and Portsmouth come down to home park in recent weeks. Now we're getting a chance to see Rotherham are a full. So um, it'll be a good game, good players, you know. And, and But our have have been great at home recently, you know. So you can't argue with um, their form. You can't argue with their form. So hopefully get through to Tuesday night with a good result. And then uh, we can uh, look forward to a really exciting game against Rotherham on, on what is going to be the penultimate Saturday of the regular season, which seems
1: hard to believe it's come around quite this quickly. And we'll be doing the Player of the Year on Saturday as well. Of the I year. just want to remind people, if you listen to this on Monday... Yes. Please go and vote on our, our poll of Player of the Year. That closes today on the Monday, about five o'clock, so try and vote before then. Had a good response so far. Thank you very much to everyone who's taken part. Yeah, and so that, that'll come out on Saturday, that announcement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, And we'll be back again next Monday, and we'll have had two games more. Yes. And there'll only be two games left of the season. That's hard to believe, isn't it? We're almost there. Scunthorpe and, uh, and
0: Gillingham, yeah. And uh, hopefully, as with the Argyle squad, we might have an extra... The other two with
1: us as well to uh, to give us extra strength in depth. But thanks for joining me, Chris, and we'll be back again next Monday. We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account at Herald P A F C or visit our Facebook page Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.